John O'Rourke with Full Armor Ministries. I'm a missionary here in Tennessee, here in America, um, just bringing the gospel uh, to the community here, which I think is very needed. Uh, the more I do it, the more I see the need for the gospel to be brought to people in America. Um, basically, it's it's a belief of mine and of those who support me that uh, local churches in America in general have overlooked people in their own backyard, <clears throat> the lost who need the gospel. And um, I've spoken to a lot of people now doing this, and the vast, vast majority of them did not know the gospel. People who know the gospel, I could probably count um, about probably 10 people or so who I've talked to um, out of a few hundred actually understood the gospel. A lot of people who don't, who even claim to be Christians, a lot of people who don't claim to be Christians. Um, we do not live in a generally Christian culture, even here in Tennessee, in the South. So uh, it's been very, very important uh, to me to uh, go out and bring the gospel to people. It's been a real blessing. And I hope that uh, Christians who, who have seen my, my videos and stuff are encouraged um, to go out and, and do likewise when they can to, to bring the gospel to people <clears throat> uh, wherever they are. And if you haven't seen anything of what I've done, check out the YouTube channel. It's Full Hour Ministries. Should pop up right there if you type full armor ministries into your search bar um, on YouTube. Uh, armor is spelled A R M O U R. It's full armor ministries. And there's some videos of me talking to some unbelievers and sharing the gospel with them. <clears throat> On today's program, I want to talk about a couple of things. Um, part of my ministry is to fight abortion in my area with the gospel. We have uh, an abortion clinic over in Bristol, Tennessee. And um, I want to talk about some of the legislative aspects of the abortion issue uh, because a lot of people have been uh, told a false, um, really have been told something that's not true um, about laws with regard to abortion. Um, if you've ever heard the statement, Roe versus Wade is the law of the land, well, we'll be talking about that statement uh, today. Uh, Roe versus Wade, of course, is the Supreme Court decision from the 1970s, um, where people say that Roe versus Wade legalized um, abortion in the United States. Pro-life groups, um, secular pro-life groups, will say that we need to overturn Roe versus Wade in order to um, ban abortion or to stop abortion um, in our states. So is that really true, though? Is that really true? Do we bow to the Supreme Court? Does the Supreme Court make laws um, for us here in America? <clears throat> well, if you know, if you go back to your high school government classes, I think you know the answer to that. Um, Supreme Court do not make federal laws. They don't make state laws. Um, you know who makes federal laws is, is Congress. Um, so the question is, though, is a lot, a lot wrapped up in this. Do... Um, since the Supreme Court does not make laws, do we as individual states need to obey the Supreme Court? Um, of course not. Actually, it makes no sense because it's not a law. Roe versus Wade is, is not a law. Um, it's not a federal law. So just before I get too much into this, I wanted to pull up a, a video from 
a recent uh, Democrat uh, debate, uh, presidential debate that's been going on over the summer. Now, this particular debate is one of the earlier ones. This is a debate from, from June 26th of 2019. <clears throat> I'm going to play a clip of what Elizabeth Warren said, one of the presidential candidates who's a Democrat who couldn't be more for abortion. I want you to hear what she says. I'm going to play this clip and I'll, and I'll comment on it. I would make certain that every woman has access to the full range of reproductive health care services, and that includes birth control, it includes abortion, it includes everything for a woman. And I want to add on that, it's not enough for us to expect the courts to protect us. 47 years ago, Roe versus Wade was decided, and we've all looked to the courts all that time, as state after state has undermined Roe, has put in exceptions, has come right up to the edge of taking away protection. Your time is up, Senator. We yes, now have an America where most people support Roe versus Wade. We need to make that Senator federal Europe. law. Thank you. From a pro-choice advocate, what'd she say? We need to make that federal law. Meaning what? It's not federal law. What'd she say? We've all been looking toward um, Roe versus Wade, and yet state after state have undermined it. Yes. Finally, states are starting to un undermine it. But what really needs to be done is for them to completely ignore it. It's not federal law. Um, it's just a court decision, an erroneous court decision. Elizabeth Warren really admitted something pretty big there. Um, states don't have to obey Roe versus Wade. Um, they don't have to obey the Supreme Court. Um, the states have the rights to make their own laws. It's not even federal law. Um, so to call it the law of the land is patently false. It's not a law at all. Roe versus Wade was a Supreme Court decision, not a federal law. She wants to make it federal law, which of course implies that it's not federal law, and she knows it, and I know that. But a lot of pro-life people act like it's law. Wonder why. So what's really important to understand with all this is what's called the Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. Actually, I have a book right here by Matthew Trujillo, Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. Great book. I recommend it. What it talks about is basically the idea that lesser magistrates can ignore the unjust rulings of higher magistrates. So, on the state level, can a, can a state make abortion completely illegal? Of course they can. Absolutely. Um, in this case, they're not even defying higher law because it's not federal law. A state's just ignoring a Supreme Court decision which really has no bearing on them in the first place. But what if in the future it does become federal law? What if the right to have an abortion becomes federal law in the United States? What should individual states do? They should defy it. They should reject it uh, through the doctrine of the lesser magistrate and what is called interposition. Interposition is the idea of the lesser magistrate standing in between the tyrant hired magistrates. You have the lesser magistrate in between and you have the people. So, for example, in Tennessee here, if it was to be federal law that you 
can have an abortion, Tennessee should say, we're going to ignore that law and we're going to make it illegal here to protect the unborn within Tennessee. That's interposition. It's standing in the gap between the tyrants and the people. So we're not even asking our magistrates to do that right now, are we? Because we're not asking them to ignore federal law because there is no federal law. We're asking them to ignore a court decision, which honestly is not really relevant. That, that is why states right now can and sort of are you know, trying to ban abortion one way or the other. Of course, as I've said in previous a previous program, I am not for incremental legislation, you know, trying to regulate murder. I think that's radically inconsistent. I'm not in favor of I don't I don't view a heartbeat bill as successful um, because it's regulating murder. I would view a complete ban on abortion, calling it murder. That would be that'd be successful. Um, so that's what we're looking for. But the state could do that right now. And there shouldn't be any problem with that. They're not even defying federal government, even though they could um, in this type of scenario. So we're just talking about Supreme Court. And I, I think it's really important what Elizabeth Warren said there. Uh, we'll listen to it again and how, and how honest it is. She's asked about limiting abortion and she says no. But listen to what she says again. That every woman has access to the full range of reproductive health care services, and that includes birth control, it includes abortion, it includes everything for a woman. And I want to add on that, it's not enough for us to expect the courts to protect us. 47 years ago, Roe versus Wade was decided, and we've all looked to the courts all that time. That's a very important statement she made there. We all look to the courts, and you know what? She's right, in general. Pro-choicers look to the courts, and so do secular pro-lifers. They say, well, we just have to overturn Roe versus Wade. Once we get that conservative uh, Supreme Court uh, judges, then we'll be able to overturn it. Um, we don't need to overturn Roe versus Wade. It's not relevant. Um, the fact of the matter is, it was a conservative um, Supreme Court that gave us Roe versus Wade in the first place. Saying we've all been looking to the courts is really true. Now she's saying it in a different way than I'm saying it, but the point is, is that everybody's looking to the courts, saying that they're the obstacle. Um, it's they're not they're not an obstacle at all. We've acted like they're an obstacle for far too long. So it continues on. State after state has undermined Roe, has put in exceptions, has come right up to the edge of taking away protection. Your time is up, Senator. We Listen. now have an America where most people support Roe versus Wade. We need to make that Senator federal Gerber, law. Thank you. Okay. We need to make that federal law, she says. So um, really important for us to understand even the pro-abortion Democrat Elizabeth Warren knows Roe versus Wade is not a law. It's not federal law. And it's about time that Christian pro-lifers who are consistent, not the secular pro-life movement, but the Christian pro-life abolitionist group that wants to end abortion because it's murder. We all need to get on board with this. We need to understand, hey, don't let anybody tell you Roe versus Wade is a lot of land. Um, anybody who knows the issues, including the other side, the pro-abortion people, know it's not federal law. So it's about time we, we uh, stop propagating that falseness and we start thinking more in line with the biblical view of, of civil government and that we all look at um, 
the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, that we all um, recognize that there is precedent in human history and precedent in American history, precedent in current modern America right now, where magistrates are ignoring the decrees of higher magistrates. Interposition is happening right now. Okay, this is nothing new. This, is, this has long-time precedent in America. Um, for example, right now, near here, Sullivan County, it's a county near here where I live, um, has, is basically about to make themselves a sanctuary county for the Second Amendment. What they mean by that is if there was ever a federal law or a state law that said we're going to take your guns away, Sullivan County says no. We're not going to enforce it. We're going to defy federal law or state law that would say that. They're just putting it in place now just in case. That's interposition. That's standing in between the tyrants up here and the people down here. They're stepping in the gap and saying, no, we won't let the tyrants affect our people. That's what we're saying needs to happen with the abortion issue. We can look up at federal government, look at our state government. We can look at, at you know Tennessee here, look at Tennessee government and say, no, we're going to um, ignore all your exceptions um, to, to abortion, and we're going to outright ban it right here on, at a city level. Um, that's what we ought to be doing, um, but it uh, certainly will take a lot of courage and a lot of fighting um, to get that to happen. Just remember, Roe versus Wade is not the law of the land. It's not a law. And we need to remember as well that our local civil magistrates need to um, understand the doctrine of the lesser magistrate and interpose on behalf of the unborn in our local areas. So that's what I'm going to say on the abortion issue. I want to cover one other thing today on a different topic dealing with evangelism. I saw a, uh, I guess it's a, a Facebook post um, from, from Timothy Keller, from Tim Keller. Um, I have a lot of a lot of disagreements with with Pastor Tim Keller um, on a variety of issues. Um, you know, we I'm a Reformed Presbyterian. He claims to be a Reformed Presbyterian. Um, he's a theistic evolutionist. Have big problems with that. Um, he has views of of God's law that I would disagree with a lot. But he made a statement here about evangelism that I'd like to to take up for a few minutes. He said this, quote, he said, bad evangelism says, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'd love to tell you about it. So Tim Keller said, bad evangelism says, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'd love to tell you about it. I'm thinking, okay, so I do evangelism, you know, all day, every day of the week, right? Going out and do that here in Tennessee. And I'm thinking, what about this? But with Tim Keller's statement, why is that bad evangelism? To say, listen, the Christian worldview is true, your worldview is false, and I want to tell you the truth. That's not good evangelism, huh? That is good evangelism. It's called maintaining the antithesis. There's the Christian worldview, and then there's every other worldview. Christians say that all of the worldviews are false because they contradict the Christian worldview. Right? Very basic stuff. So my attitude, of course, is winsome and it's with gentleness and respect to people. But I am saying, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'd love to tell you about it. I am saying that to people. I'm saying your worldview is false. It's irrational. It's um, indefensible. The Christian worldview is true. It's right. And I want to tell you that you need to repent and trust in Christ to be saved. 
What am I supposed to tell people? You're not wrong? That's not true. Or should I say, I'm not right? Well, that's not true either. Um, and of course, I'd love to tell them about it because I don't want people to go to hell. Right? Tim Keller, I don't want people to go to hell, so I should tell them about this, huh? So I, I do wonder, what is good evangelism to Tim Keller? What does he think good evangelism is? Beats me, he doesn't say here. It's just a little short, little uh, little post. But this is the type of stuff we need to get out of our thinking. Christians, you, you shouldn't be embarrassed to say that your worldview is right. That's ridiculous. Why would you believe something you know is false? That's stupid. I believe the Christian worldview is the only true worldview and the only worldview that, that is rational and the only worldview that can be consistently defended. That's what Christians are supposed to believe, that what God says is true, right? And therefore, every worldview that contradicts the Bible is going to be false from the Christian worldview perspective. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? So saying I'm right, you're wrong, and I'd love to tell you about it is exactly what I'm saying. It's kind of a shallow way of putting it. It's not super detailed or anything. But to say your worldview is wrong, my worldview is right, I want to tell you the right worldview so you can be saved. Right? That is evangelism. And that's part of evangelism. To say, like what Paul did in, uh, in Acts 17, he didn't say to the pagans, you're right. You have all these false gods. They're all true. Of course not. He said... I'm right, you're wrong. I'd love, I'd love to tell you about it. And you told them about it. That is what evangelism is. I'm a, I'm a part of a reformed presuppositional apologetics group on Facebook, and somebody posted this from Tim Keller, and they said, what in the world? That's exactly what I'm thinking. What in the world is this? This is silliness. This is ridiculousness. So um, just another major problem I have with, with Tim Keller there. So maintain the antithesis, maintain the antithesis, meaning maintain that we are, that the world, other worldviews are contradictory to ours. They cannot be mixed. We are saying that we have the only right worldview. We're saying that. That's basic logic, honestly. Uh, it's impossible for the Christian worldview to be true and the atheistic worldview to be true at the same time. They're so contradictory. But that's true of all worldviews. My Christian worldview is contradictory to the Muslim worldview and the Mormon worldview, etc., 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 because there's contradictions between the two. So, yes, I would, I would change this by just changing one word. Instead of saying bad evangelism, I would say good evangelism says, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'd love to tell you about it. Although I'd probably word it differently. I would say good evangelism says the Christian worldview is true, all other worldviews are false. I'd love to tell you how to be saved through the true Christian worldview. Something like that. So, to sum it up, be a, be a, a consistent Christian. Actually believe what the Bible says. That the, that the Christian worldview is the only true worldview. And that all other worldviews are false. That there are no other gods. Stuff like that. Basic stuff to the Christian worldview. It's about time we start acting like Christians. I was speaking with some people on campus, a guy who is a pastor of a certain denominational group, and I was asking them what they believe about Jesus's atonement. And uh, he said, well, there's a lot of theories of atonement. I was thinking, yeah, I know. 
I'm saying that it's penal substitution, that Jesus died to take the penalty in the place of the sinner. What do you think? Well, there's a lot of different ideas out there. Yeah, well, penal substitution is essential to the gospel. It's the propitiation for our sins, the turning away of God's wrath by a sacrifice. Instead of me getting God's wrath, Jesus is getting God's wrath. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't tell me the right answer. He was trying to be kind of neutral about it. I asked him about what happens if God finds you guilty. Does he send you to hell? Oh, you know, it doesn't want to answer the question. If you're going to be a pastor, you got to be willing to tell people the truth. If you're going to be a Christian, you got to be willing to tell people the truth. Be faithful. Tell me the truth. You know, tell people the truth. It doesn't do anybody any good to tickle their ears and to sugarcoat things. Tell them the truth so they can see, you know, how to be saved. In order to, for people to understand the gospel, they, they got to understand sin and hell. Nobody likes to hear about those things. But that's the only way that the gospel can make sense. The grace and forgiveness and mercy of God can make sense only in the context of sin and hell. So it's about time we start acting like, like Christians. It's about time we start, we repent, get up, and go act like Christians and be ready to defend the Christian worldview faithfully. All unbelievers' arguments are bad when they're attacking the Christian worldview. All of them are bad. Yes, and I'll stand by that. All of them are fallacious or arbitrary in some way, inconsistent. That's what they are because it's impossible to defend a position that is false. It's impossible to consistently and soundly defend a position that is false. Since the Christian worldview is true, it is possible to defend the Christian worldview soundly and consistently, and that's what we are required to do by God is to defend it, to give an answer to those who ask for a reason for the hope that's within us, 1 Peter 3.15. It's about time we start taking that seriously, okay? Where we are willing to defend the faith at all costs. I was talking to a fella, nice guy, continuing to talk, um, an atheist guy, and, he, and doing apologetics with him, and, and he's, he's saying, I'm, I'm willing to accept that there's a higher power, but I just think that, you know, I believe in Darwinian, Darwinist, you know, Darwinian evolution. He said, is that okay? Is that consistent with the Bible? Now, a lot of apologists would say, yeah, no problem. Tim Keller would say, yeah, no problem. That's cool, man. Be an evolutionist. That's no problem. That's consistent with the Bible. It's not, though. It's obviously not. That is um, compromise. So I told him, no, it's not. You can't believe in Adam having animal predecessors that doesn't fit in with the Bible. Okay, We have to be faithful through and through. This guy probably would have said, okay, then I can be, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and be a Christian. He may have said that, as long as he's allowed to believe in, in the extremely old earth and the evolution. Um, but that's not true. I'm not going to lie to him to try to get him to make some sort of decision for Christ. No, he needs to be a true uh, needs to have a true and, and faithful profession based upon the Bible and be trusting God's word and having the correct worldview so that we can interpret evidence around us. So we got to be thorough and faithful Christians through and through. we got to be through Christians through and through, consistent and not lying to people. Okay? You know, good apologists in the past have said, what you win them with is what you win them to. 
What you win them with is what you win them to. That's so true. If I win them with bad arguments and inconsistencies, if, they, if they're persuaded by those bad arguments, they come in, eventually they're going to see those are bad arguments. And they're going to be inconsistent, inconsistent Christians and stuff too, inconsistent professing Christians as well. That's not good. That's not faithful to God. It's really a form of lying. So we need to be faithful through and through, be Christians, no matter what we're doing, argue from a distinctly Christian worldview, and not be ashamed of it. Not be ashamed of the gospel, not be ashamed of God's word at all. There's no reason to be ashamed of it in any way. So with that, I guess we'll go ahead and, and wrap it up. Again, I'm uh, John O'Rourke with Full Armor Ministries. Uh, find out more about the ministry at fullarmorministries.org. That's F-U-L-L-A-R-M-O-U-R ministries.org. Check out our YouTube channel of the same name, Full Armor Ministries. And uh, check out our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash fullarmormen, M-I-N, fullarmormen. And I'll bring you to the, to the channel or the uh, Facebook page there. So with that, I will sign off. Thank you for watching and God bless.